Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Good morning. I, I love, I love Tuesdays. And here we go, cranking along in the book of Psalms. We're on Psalm number 147. Uh, we're coming up, I, I guess, I would guess we're somewhere around 11 months into this when we wrap it up at the end of this week, beginning of next week. And uh, But here we are on Psalm 147, and uh, there's so much going on. But before we do that, as always, with me is my co-host and my friend, Stephanie Wesco. Stephanie, what's happening? Hi, Doug. Well, this morning it is beautiful here. Um, I have almost downed an entire big old mug of um, English breakfast with some almond milk in there. And so I'm, it, it's waking me up. It's trying. It's really trying to wake me up. <laughs> yeah, cool. And uh, I, I drank a venti chai tea latte this morning. So I, uh, I've got a little bit of juice on board. And I'm feeling all right with that. And so we have this segment, uh, the Norton knuckleheaded moment where we go through, and we do it for a couple reasons. The most important reason is so that listeners will not be knuckleheads. So we want to let them know what constitutes a knucklehead. So you might be a knucklehead if you had anything to do with the cost of food these days. You know, when a pound of bacon cheap side is eight bucks and a good pound is 10 bucks, and it was just a few bucks in February, or January, something's going badly wrong. So you're a knucklehead if you're making those prices go up. So do whatever Mm -hmm. you got to do. You know, go back to work. Cut that bacon. I mean, life without bacon, you know, it's just survival. And uh, so we need to to get back to the bacon. Back to the bacon, I say. Back to the bacon. And uh, so food prices, Stephanie, out here, man. It's got to be at least 40, 50% across the board with bacon doubling and tripling in some cases. And uh, how's food prices where you're at? They stink. Um, you know, I mean, I count myself blessed for that we have sales, that we have all these ways we can try to cut corners, but it's insane. You know, I was just telling you I needed to get hamburger because, you know, I ran out um, making up a bunch of meals for people and, you know, when you go to the store and you see eight ninety nine below a pound of, you know, 90, 90 10 hamburger, wow. that's really sad. <laughs> so yeah. 80-20 is going to work for us because it's it's a little cheaper, but it, it's just, it's, it is, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and let me just add to that, say, <laughs> if you take something off the shelf and you're not going to get it, put it back where it goes. Yeah. Amen. You might be a knucklehead if you don't put it back where it goes. You got to put it back yeah. where it goes. Amen. Yeah, we I, Hudson and I went to the store the other night, and there was refri- food that's supposed to be refrigerated that somebody had that must have decided they didn't want to buy, and instead of handing it to the cashier, it had been stuck under on a case of pop underneath the yeah. conveyor belt, and it was warm. And Hudson's like, 
isn't this supposed to be refrigerated? And I'm like, yeah, somebody decided they didn't want it. Instead of, you know, walking three more steps and handing it to the cashier um, so it could get put away properly if they weren't going to go put it away. And husband's like, isn't that wasting? I'm like, yeah. That just lives in my theory that half the people are knuckleheads. They're, yeah. to- they're total freaks, man. Yeah. I mean, I just don't be a of- freak. Don't be a knucklehead. Yeah. Put yeah. stuff back. If you don't want it, don't get it. You know, don't pull it out. I've always lived by the theory. If I put something in my cart, I'm committed. You know, yeah. once it hits the cart, I'm kind of committed. I am unless I find a better deal. You know, if I find but it. But then safe. you bring the other thing back anyway. Right, right. You know, I mean, somewhere along the way, we got to have a little bit of respect. <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's all they want in the grocery stores. Respect them. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, here we are on it. No, it just upsets me. I mean, if there's one thing that gets the goat, it's people not being kind to grocery workers. These, you know, these people around here, they're my, they're my brethren, man. You know, I went, I went over to Starbucks this morning, got my vente chai and I got up there and the lady looked at me and she says, you know what? You're looking good again this morning, Doug. She says, I, I think you beat the COVID thing. I said, I did. And, uh, these are people who care enough to see how I look. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and unlike Emmy, she seemed to enjoy the, uh, facial growth and, uh, but here we are. So, you know what, what makes Emmy special? She has an opinion and she's not afraid to tell you what it is. No, no. She's a whole compendium of, uh, of thoughtful comments, you know, (laughs) of awesomeness and kindness. Emmy's pretty cool. She tells me my face looks like a tornado every time I go a couple days without shaving (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we're definitely in tornado tornado territory. I did shave the day I went to the doctor, I believe, a week ago or Thursday, Wednesday. I shaved Wednesday, so we're today's one week without shaving. So I'm I'm sporting about a quarter of an inch of all kinds of weird looking stuff on my face, about seven different colors. I don't need highlights and low lights; they're already there. You know, there's some black or brown, dark brown. There's some blondish looking. There's a lot of white. And a lot of stuff in between. It looks like somebody was painting. They didn't know what they were doing. But anyway, (laughs) here we are. We're cruising along. Oh, book of the day. So today is Stephanie's turn to share a book with us. And we're going to go back. Starting tomorrow, we're going to allow it to be food or books because Stephanie's always good at the food. Well, you know what, Stephanie? We'll allow it to be food even if you want. So you can give us a book or food of the day. Well, I'm going to go with food because I've been making meals for families with COVID. And then, well, I mean, I, I went to them last. I went to the family that had the new baby first, didn't touch, stayed clear, you know, just in case there was something on my clothes. Yeah. That, yeah. I hate but COVID I, life. I hate it. I do. I yeah. fed up. But anyway, I took them a meal first and then took a family that has COVID, like the whole family. And so... Anyways, I've I've been on a food thing in my head, you know, making meals. So um, I would say food that's right with God are, you know, I'm a stress-free, I like stress-free. And I think every mom out there and dads too love stress-free, especially when you have kids on a school morning. And I have been making these egg muffins and it's just pretty much like scrambled eggs. You throw cheddar cheese, onions, um, bacon and, you know, like we were saying, bacon changes things it does. and then little, little garlic powder, salt and pepper. You mix that all together, spray your 
silicone muffin pans, pour that in, make sure they're on a cookie sheet, you know, because silicone muffin pans are a little wobbly. Bake those things for like 25 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on your oven. Doug, those things, I mean, they're almost as good as sous vide's from Starbucks, and they are so much cheaper. And, and what are they? They're about 350 degrees is what you cook them at? Yep, yep, 350. Yeah. And they are they pop right out, and you've got these automatic breakfast things now, going. Any croutons, any bread in there, any any of that nope. stuff? No, bread. So, I mean, gluten-free people can love them. Yeah. Um, you know, they're awesome. And my kids, I made them apple, apple flaxseed muffins that are yeah. you know, healthy. And then one of those egg muffins and they've got a breakfast and mom has a stress-free morning. And that is a, that's an awesome thing. It is. It is. So yeah. there you go. There you go. Food, uh, old egg muffins, load the eggs, the onion, the bacon, the cheese, man, load it up, mix it around, bake it. I guess about 25 minutes at 350. If it looks like it's done, it's done. Then people, you can bring it to folks refrigerated. They hit the yep. microwave 30 or 40 seconds and have themselves yep. a good muffin. And yep. uh, frozen them. They, fro- they freeze well too. So there you go. You can call them out and defrost them and things like that. And uh, so that sounds like a pretty good thing to me. So we've given you the knucklehead. We've went ahead and, uh, you know, and, and let me tell you, do not be a knucklehead today. Go out of your way as you're praising God, as you're praying, as you're loving, as you're serving, uh, to not be a knucklehead. Be kind to people. Love people. And uh, so we think something's going on here in Psalm 147. We know there's a lot going on, but we think that Nehemiah, uh, when they finished rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and restoring the gates, they had this great assembly. And we think that's what's happening here in Psalm 147. We also know that Psalm 147 is... Uh, is also part of those hallelujah psalms. As we wrap up 146 through 150, we're doing the last five psalms uh, right now. We'll probably uh, come into next week and uh, uh, probably have Psalm 150, and, uh, and, and then we'll go over to Proverbs. We're going to talk a little bit about chronicling. We may even take a little bit of time on wrapping up these psalms. So uh, it's a pretty good time. But I think that as we're here in Psalm 147, we're going to do the first 11 verses, Stephanie. I think that's a really good uh, break point by what I can see in my commentary. It says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing, sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Comely, I'm sorry. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem, and... Uh, uh, sorry, you know, my watch wants me to breathe once in a while. Right in the middle of reading, my watch <laughs> gives this blue flowery thing, and it's telling me to take breaths. You know, this watch, I'm going to tell you, man, out of all the watches <laughs> I've ever had, I, I miss my uh, Timex Indiglo. You know, I used to lay in bed at night and press <laughs> that little button so I could see the blue screen to see what time it was. But anyway, uh, here we are. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem in verse number two. He gathered together the outcast of Israel. Uh, and it goes on to say, he healeth the broken heart and bindeth up the wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord and great and, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise unto the harp unto God. Who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strong of the horse, 
He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. So it teaches us about what the Lord takes pleasure in and how we can help with that pleasure. But just getting going, Stephanie, as we were going through Psalm 147, what was coming to your mind? Wow, Doug, this psalm is beautiful. And again, this psalm starts off with such a, it's four words, but it's four words that were given as a command over and over and over and over again throughout psalms. It's not an option. And um, that, I love how it ends, um, that verse one ends with praise is comely, praise is beautiful, praise is you know, that, that word comely is used to describe um, different characters in Scripture, like um, David was called comely. It, it's it's handsome. It's beautiful. Whatever comes yeah. to your mind, something that's esteemed. Fair. You know, you see yeah. And there's, you know, they strike you. They, they change you. They make an impact on you, maybe because of their appearance. Praise, that's what praise is, and that's what praise does. And... You know, there are times when you come to church and you're maybe discouraged, you're maybe cast down, perhaps your countenance has fallen, not because you've done anything wrong, um, maybe just because you're discouraged. You have, you know, I'm a mom and, um, you know, I have to teach a class on Wednesday nights. And let me tell you, by the time I get to class on Wednesday nights, I am often dead tired and having to go to the Lord and say, God, I need your strength for tonight. I want the kids to see how much you mean to me and give me your joy because right now, Lord, I am dead tired. I would just much rather go to bed. And so when you make that choice to praise God in spite of, you know, it gives you energy. It gives you physical strength. There is something so beautiful about praise. And I love how in the Psalms, God gives us these nuggets to think on, to ponder on, and, and they can change our whole outlook on life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that whole word comely there, I always think fair. I always think, you know, easy to be around those types of things. Uh, uh, what a, what a great example. And, you know, as we start out in 47, I, I was kind of blown away by this idea of restoring and, it says, while I live, I will praise thee, Lord. I will sing praises unto my God for my being. Put not your trust in... Oh, boy, why don't I read the wrong one? Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto a God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathered together uh, the outcast of Israel. He's restored them. He's brought them back in. And, 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 folks, only God can restore us. Only God can bring us back in. He heals the broken heart, it says. He... He fixes our wounds. You know, it says it binds us up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them by their names. Great is our Lord in great power. His understanding is infinite. It's beyond anything that I can imagine. It's beyond anything that I can do. The Lord liveth up, lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. And uh, so, so God's restoring his people, and he's also getting rid of the knuckleheads. And, uh, but he's bringing in the outcast from Jerusalem. And, you know, we forget that sometimes, even in the ministry, we forget that, you know, there's some people who've left us and done wrong, who've been knuckleheads, who've, you know, really, uh, really been a pain in the neck in our lives. But God's about outcasts. He's about letting them back in, about second chances. And, 
I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I've needed second chances in life. I've yes. needed do-overs. You know, when I was a kid, one of the things, when, when you were a little kid, so we, you know, we had a whole baseball team just in our family between our kids and foster kids. And any given time, we could, we could load up a baseball field with people. And I remember we'd go out and play baseball, and I was always the youngest. I mean, I was... I was just the youngest, and so they'd give me do-over at bats and stuff. I'd be like Emmy's age, you know, when everybody else would be three or four years older than me or older. And uh, they always just say, give him a do-over, you know, when it was my turn to bat or something like that. And then you can have a do-over. Well, life doesn't give you many do-overs. It only gives you a few when you're a kid and playing baseball with your family. But I'll tell you, God always gives do-overs. God always restores things. He always does those things. And, mm. and uh, this is the God we serve this morning, folks. Is God gives do-overs, and I'm not sure what kind of relationships you're in. I'm not sure how they all fit together with God and church and all that, but I know they got to fit with God or you're in the wrong place. Yeah. And, and, and you have no right to be involved in something that's ungodly. You have no right to be involved in something that's sin. You have no right. And yeah. uh, so here you are. If you're an outcast and you've been messed up, and, and you know there's this whole malicious and compliance thing, and I know I talk about this sometimes in the Army. If, if you're doing something wrong and you know you shouldn't be doing it, if you have the common sense not to do it, the Army can charge you with a uniform code of military justice and say that, well, you're maliciously being incompliant. In other words, you know better, but you still choose to do this. So, folks, let me tell you something today. I don't know where you're at in life, but it's time to stop being an outcast. It's, it's time to stop being involved in those things you shouldn't be involved in. It's time to stop being maliciously incompliant. It's time to be compliant. It's time to trust God. It's, it's time to step out. And then starting in verse 7, Stephanie, I want to get your, get your feedback on 7 to 11. And, I mean, if you, if you look at these verses, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praise with a harp unto God. You know, I was going to pick up you and Liberty there, but I chose not to. Who covereth up the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He, he giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure. He's not a respecter of the strength of the horse. He's not a respecter of uh, people doing their squats. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy so i think you know god has refreshed us we we sing his praise we praise in him but we got to remember god's rules and god's rules are this he he takes great pleasure he's impressed when we're impressed by him he yeah. finds pleasure in us finding pleasure in him and 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 so i think it's important stephanie that as we're you know, as we're getting to a point with this psalm with 147, this beautiful psalm, and as you mentioned, Jesse, boy, I needed that psalm, and, you know, I need this psalm. I need to understand that it's not about me. It's not about bankrupt relationships. It's not about sinful junk. It's not about I'm sooner or later going to get better. It's about being all in, understanding what brings God pleasure, and that's the relationships you're involved in. That's praising the God, uh, praising your God. That's uh, going to your God. That's, you know— making him first and live in relationships that bring honor and glory to him. And sometimes relationships, you know, that don't bring honor and glory to God may feel good to us, but we know they're toxic. We know they're wrong and we mm -hmm. know we got to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and be, put yourself in environments 
where praising God is a focal point because true praise to God will be a place of purity. It'll be a place true praise of God will end up in abuse being pushed out and dealt with. It will result in all of that stuff being gone because praising God, someone who's truly praising God is going to be living in a state or actively moving toward a state of revival of life of real life, what the Christian life is all about. So put yourself in those kinds of environments because that's where healing takes place. As verse three says, when praise is going on, when revival is taking place, healing will be taking place. Wounds will be being bound up and we will see God, you know, verse six, he lifteth up the meek, he casteth the wicked down to the ground. All of this stuff will be happening when true praise is taking place. And so put yourself in those types of environments and remove yourself from situations that are leaving you to, to, you know, if you're suicidal or depressed after being in an environment, that's not an environment to be in, be in an environment of praise. Exactly. And, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. Part of my Bible reading this morning was found in Isaiah five, six, and seven. And, uh, you know, the Bible was talking about woe unto man who does evil and thinks it's good, that, that kind of thing. And I know I'm probably saying it wrong, but over and over again, you know, a, a Christian, someone with the Holy Spirit of God in their heart, someone who's sealed with that spirit knows the difference between right and wrong. So ladies, so gentlemen, listen, you know, we've got a responsibility here to praise God and we can't praise God in the middle of a sin. We can't praise God in the midst of craziness. We can't praise God in disorganization. We can't praise God in in these times. So, so, you know, wrapping this whole thing up, Stephanie, and trying to figure out what we just got out of Psalm 147, 1 through 11, I I just think we continue on with a – you know, praising God for restoring people, bringing in those outcasts we talked about, praising God for refreshing our lands and allowing things to keep growing, allowing things to over and over again care for us. And I think that's where we need to be today. We need to be in a, a place of praise. And just remember, we can't be in that place of praise if we're involved in wickedness and craziness. So get your relationships right. Most important one's God. Get that relationship with God in a top-notch, high, highway place. And then those other relationships in our life, they'll take care of themselves. God's either going to say dump them or, or uh, get them right, or he's going to help you do that. And, uh, and folks, just do what you got to do. We sure do love you, folks. And we, again, honor and cherish the opportunity to be with you. Say goodbye to our peeps, Stephanie. Bye. Have a wonderful day. We love you, folks. Make sure you get a hold of us and help the wounded spirits if there's anything we can do. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession 
is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.